have Future Wager at 50 to 1. You do. I got another 25 to win. First leg, Warren. I, I just walk home. I'm just straight out the door. I'm gone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Two Units Podcast. Spring is officially over. We're rolling into summer this Saturday in the form of the Zipping Classic at Caulfield, and we've got Festival Stakes Day at Rose Hill as well, and might even duck across to Morfittville and find a couple of winners. My name's Nick Foote. Joining me is the great man, the Sultan. Hello to you, Saltsy. Footy, great to be here. Been a great week, mate, and uh, looking forward to getting stuck in to the form this week, mate. It doesn't stop. There's still some good races happening this weekend. Yeah, and I can't wait to pick myself up off the floor because that intro was a second take. I opened up with Spring Has Sprung, and I was looking for the opposite of spring has sprung because it's well and truly sprung so we're off to a fly here mate but i thought what's this guy on about yeah i know who, who would have thought get this guy to host something seriously Sheesh. this fresh delicious tasty meaty turkey filled cold cut combo i eat three every day to help keep me strong and congratulations to the Cold Cut Combo that came in at number two on my top songs in Spotify wrapped today, uh, of course, by Adam Sandler. And it's a time where we get to celebrate great performances in the industry at the supper. Uh, first one I'm going to bring along salts to the supper is Mug Punter, who's is a, is a fan favorite on Twitter. There's no doubt about that. Um, but he's diet and his ability to cook leaves a little bit to be desired. He serves up some of the all-time slop that I've ever seen on that application, on the X app. And I just want to bring Mug along because I'm not quite sure of his life expectancy. So I wanted (laughs) to come along and put something green and nutritious on his plate, uh, courtesy of the Sultan, because I'm not sure if he's going to see too many more spring carnivals. Mate, he's coming to the supper. Surely he's not cooking. <laughs> no, no, no. This is the premise. He's coming along. Yeah, that's and, good. And we're putting something together for him because, you know, he he finds some winners according to, to his uh, profile. So mm. if, if he wants to continue to do that and see a few more carnivals, then I'd probably ramp up. Look, we all do a bit of damage to our body at this time of year, but sheesh, just a, a little Brussels spread. There's some real sort of straight. like um, sort of, Crusty's prison gruel sort of look about it, the dark grey. Um, some of the breakfast, it's the breakfast that get me. Um, oh, I'm all for having something sloppy and naughty for dinner every now and then, but for, I'm not sure about burgers and chips or for, for breakfast or pizza or whatever. Yeah, or potato chips on a <laughs> ham sandwich. That was the one for Brie that did me. I had to move on. <laughs> hey, another thing we're bringing to the supper, Sesame Timbers, of course, our horse that we've got a, a little share in that we – don't manage or anything. It's just with Mitch Beer and we're in it with a few other people. And uh, he's going to go around this weekend, mate, isn't he? He is. He's up at he's up at Hawkesbury. He's in one of he's in one, a strange race, some sort of provincial restricted handicap maiden type setup. And mm. he's there with he reconnects. Well, we reconnect with uh, Jet Stanley, who helps on for Beery as well, claiming too. So I cannot wait to see the white socks of SMT roll back out on the track. Yeah, keep an eye out. Um, look, you might have been beaten by a slow one on debut. Funny story. So, well, not that funny, but he was four wide, no cover on debut. He should have won five minutes before the Cox Plate. I've let go some of the biggest expletives <laughs> the Mooney Valley members have ever seen. I, I, I think I heard a few people go, ooh, ooh, 
Um, and then I bumped into a, a fellow that I know um, that has an association with the ledgers at a pub after. And I said, how'd you go today? And he said, oh, I had one that I own, um, the slowest horse in the world. He won a, a maiden at, at, um, at Albury paying, you know, X amount. And I was like, and it turned out that that beat our horse. Um, so he's not the slowest horse in the world, mate. It's good form. It's going to stack up at Hawkesbury on Sunday. Oh, he had that runner suit. Runner suit sounds <laughs> Yeah, oh, he did. He had all the favours. Nap favours. Uh, I want to bring along the Wodonga track staff uh, to the supper this week. You did a great job up there, Salts, on, on Friday, and you were on the Country Cup circuit. But they got through their meet on the Friday, Wodonga, and it was against all the odds because I've seen some vision there. It was obviously a heavy eight on course, but there was also a full moon on course as well because <laughs> there, was a, there was a big crack down the back of the camera while he was delivering some of his some great insight and uh looked like a few blokes had had a had a couple too many frothy salts and they were getting their they were getting their bums out behind you yeah there was a few pests um that fella included and in, in his brown eye uh there was another bloke that come up uh must have um been in the army and he was as drunk as it gets and he was being awfully annoying and then he was saying to Kate, give us a kiss. Then he was trying to give me a kiss. And I said, I said, look, mate, you, you need to fuck off. And, and, and you need to fuck off pretty quickly because you're starting to get you're starting to get under my skin. And then they went and got security and security stood there like a bar- barricade for the last four races and no one could come near us. So yeah, it was it was testy um trackside, but it was a good experience. Um yeah. I tell you, you wouldn't want to be around too long after. There was a there was a vibe in the air. It was wet. There was a lot of drinking going on. I, I couldn't have got out of there quick enough. And you, you say you bring the track staff to the supper. They do say on television, oh, yeah, you know, we've looked at the radar. There's no weather coming. I'm not sure if they say that just because people are watching or, or people might come down or, or whatnot because I went on air five minutes later and said, yeah, I've looked at the radar and in two and a half hours it's going to peg down. It's never going <laughs> to stop for the rest of the day. And that's exactly what happened. So salty bun on the money again. <laughs> you are different gravy when it comes to weather though. <laughs> just ask you. You spent more time when we were teachers studying the radar than actually studying any sort of pedagogical type stuff like practice in itself. So Yeah, because I needed to like – I needed to let you know when you needed to book the theatre and you needed to go inside because there was a drop of rain. Hey, good story from India, um, and it's not cricket related. It's not Maxwell chasing down 21 in the last over and and the crowd panning to some of the saddest people in the history of the world you've ever seen really ruined their nights, cop that. But there's a guy named Arnold Dix, and he's from Monbolk, God's country, the north side of the Dandenong Ranges, um, gateway to the Yarra Valley. Uh, some of the most pristine sort of nature you come across. And this guy lives in Monbolk and he grows flowers there. He's a lawyer and an engineering professor that owns a flower farm that he claims is unsuccessful. Well, he's just spent the last couple of weeks over in India leading the rescue efforts for 17, I think it was, trapped miners there. And he saved 17 people's lives. So he's just flown in from Monbolk growing flowers, a lawyer and an engineering professor that obviously specialises in digging and tunnels. And he's gone and saved 17 people and apparently um, it's the biggest story in a long time over there or at least since they got rolled in the World Cup. So an Aussie doing us proud from Monbolk as well. So Arnold Dix, he has to come to the supper and, and he can um, arrange the flower arrangements too and give us a, a bit of a uh, – yeah, at least do them at cost. Arnie's 
Arnie's gone mad. That's a, that's the strangest story I've ever heard. But isn't it? What just a humanitarian, an, just an operator. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, there's no possible way I can provide a segue into my next subject <laughs> from that. Um, but if there are any sickos up watching uh, Geraldton race eight last night, so I'm sure there are plenty of that listen to this show. Uh, Spirit Man won for trainer Julia Martin over there, and she was getting asked about one of her runners, Bold Prophet, and this is what she had to say on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Bold Prophet always surprises me because he's always got it, but then sometimes I'm like, no, he's fucking slow. But anyway. <laughs> Shout out to all the slow ones. <laughs> it's, uh, we're all You and I, we're all about dropping the occasional magic, mm. and I think – we do it respectfully. You can't just make a show of it. But I don't know about doing it on Sky Thoroughbred Central. <laughs> That's a bit of a... Well, when you're doing it on TV, that is when dropping an F-bomb is just severely ingrained. In, it's it's a way of life for you. Yeah. If you can't turn it off, then um, you just, you're out of control, really. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Gerald and Race 8. This is a kid's show. Let's <laughs> go, regulation size or what? Oh, you will listen to damn word I have to say! I've seen no finger paintings you bring home and they suck! I'll come! It's packing ags time here, Salts, and uh, this is what we do each and every week. We just get things off our chest that we're not happy with, and uh, what do you got for us? Yeah, look, I saw an article the other day about the Reserve Bank talking about interest rate rises. I think it was the head of the Reserve Bank. Yeah. Um, and he's claimed that um, people doing things such as going to the dentist and getting a haircut is exorbitant spending that is contributing to inflation. Uh, I didn't think that oral hygiene was something that was um, not a necessity. I, you know, I didn't think that that was a luxury item, nor did I think getting your haircut is a luxury item either because, you know, you've got to keep yourself neat and tidy. So the blokes that said that can just completely go and get stuff. Blaming the dentist. It's <laughs> you for real. And that hits home when you've got a couple of guys that are on sort of eight to 10 day sort of round trips to the barber as well. So I we took it personally. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like a shot at me saying well. I'm individually contributing to inflation. Yeah, I'm Come a- on, man. I'm a real brown paper bag cash type operator though when it comes to the barber. So I'm not actually in that conversation, I wouldn't have thought. So it's off if it's off the books, surely, surely I'm not contributing to this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm uh, probably not qualified enough to step into that argument. So it's uh, one guy I'm sending packing who I've just had enough with on X, Twitter X already, is a guy that goes by the name of Pompous Hyphenated Surname. And anything I post now or comment on, get involved in, I just get a reply with nice work chief or nice work champ. And he's taken my my chief post from last week. um, (laughs) He's really cool with it. And he's he's flagged me. So he's obviously turned on um, alerts for all my posts (laughs) now. And he's absolutely (laughs) coming for him. He's an absolute pompous hyphenated surname and he needs to pack his nags. Oh, that's an individual. That's individualized. It's it's a bit like me as well. You've individualized it, but you've... um, not actually mentioned the person. I'm quite good at that on this show. Hey, just the last one. 
no, no, quickly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop in there. Yeah. That's his actual handle. His handle is, oh, is it? pompous hyphenated surname. Oh, okay. I was like, you called him out. <laughs> no, you, you sit on oh, the fence. Gutsy. There's no cover-ups yeah. from me. I'm calling that's him gutsy. out. If he can't put his real name up, he's get, he's, <laughs> that's his genuine pseudonym. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, have you noticed a high occurrence of imaginary roadworks in, my in the state of Victoria? In my street. So almost every time I go on a freeway or a highway, I'm forced to slow to 40 for, you know, well, you should anyway, but who actually slows right down to like 40 on the yeah. freeway? Come on. But, you you know, that's the signage for roadworks that just don't exist. They're packed up, they're gone home. So all it does is create danger on a freeway where people go 100, 110, and then you get them to back right off. And then there's the Constantina effect in behind from everyone braking and then everyone speeds back up again. If you're going to go home from your roadworks, can you take your um, <laughs> speed change signs with you or turn them down flat? Because I'm completely sick of it. It's happening everywhere. I, I agree. They they have these at the moment off uh, on the Monash off, as you get off like the, uh, the Balti. There's a bit going on and there's just no one around and you're just going 40 for the sake of 40. And then you get the classic legend in the skyline in the far right lane that just goes 120 regardless <laughs> of <where his laughs> traffic who's clearly an absolute champion that bloke so um, just a legend of the road we need some of those but no i agree it's it's lazy salts i'm not having it when they're galloping to the gates there's only one place to bet top sport the home of horse racing whether you're a sprinter or a stayer or just a fashion conscious player Go the distance with bigger bet limits and top odds on every race, every time. Download the app for a faster, easier betting experience. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. And congratulations to Top Sport, whose uh, single sprinter, stayer or fashion conscious player came in at number four on our two units, Top Songs for 2023 on our Spotify wrapped. Congratulations to, to you guys. That's, uh, put out an absolute banger, actually. So uh, good on you. Thank you, Tristan and the boys. Uh, Salts, it is your specs time this week. Uh, proudly supported, of course, by Top Sport. We're going to preview races at Caulfield, of course, headlined by... Uh, the Zipping Classic. We've also got uh, the likes of the Sandown Guineas, which we're actually not going to feature because we can't find an angle in. We've got the mm. Rose Hill card as well, mate. Um, the Festival Stakes Day up there. And uh, we'll kick off, though, as we do in Victoria. Now, we're getting back to Caulfield since there's been a lot of chat around how the track played at the last meeting there on uh, Thousand Day. What are you expecting? The weather's been a little bit touch and go too. Yeah, zero to four showers, mills of showers on Friday, zero to four Saturday. Um, if that, you know, towards the four end of that hits race day, we'll probably race on a soft five. But now it's looking likely we'll be on a good four track. There are some Sudleys. The revised forecast, the initial forecast had those Sudleys 20 to 30 Ks. Now they've dropped to 15 to 25 Ks. So why that's important is because a southerly is at their back from the shoot start and down the side of the course. So particularly those shoot start races, the sprint trips, when there's a southerly, it advantages on paces because it's at their back, makes it a bit more difficult to, to make ground. So the less impact that southerly has, the more even the track should play, particularly from that shoot start. And I'm expecting it to play quite even across. 
and the rail was in the true position for thousand day, and it now comes out five meters as well. So yeah, that gets rid of all that shorter grass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Uh, let's kick off in race number one, mate. It's the Merson Cooper Stakes, which I believe this was the first race that Animo won. Some it was. He beat that thing for James Heron that went on. Yeah. At, um, I think it's running at Forbes now. I think I think I backed it. <laughs> yeah, and everyone was saying it was unlucky, yeah. and it ended up getting getting beaten by the best horse yeah. we've seen the last five years. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, can you find a future horse of the year in this race, Salts? Oh, probably not. Um, look, I thought Voila was the one suited by the map. Draw nose jumped out well at Flemington, but there was one that went up over the odds it subsequently halved in its price and i speak of the six flattered for patty Payne and, and billy egan and she's been trialing and jumping out super and this isn't normally my kind of race uh, an unraced two-year-old but you know when they went up around that 17 dollars, i just thought well this is wrong because off her trials and and the way that she's been quickening to the line at the trials sort of only being given a, a slight squeeze it might suggest that there's some mobility there now she'll probably have to go back from that draw and i spoke of those southerlies um so you know she might be disadvantaged in that sense but i felt she went up the wrong price and look if you're looking to get involved early and you miss the price either you know you could do worse than having a ten dollar note on something at eight bucks fifty get your day off to a good start so flattered in the first for me the six yep eight fifty on top sport taking on the debutante voila for the Godolphin team there. Uh, race number three, we're heading to a little bit of a staying affair here, mate, over 2,400 metres. It's a benchmark 84, and you like one here, Fire Glow 2 for the Lindsay Park team. Yeah, he's on the backup. Uh, he was luckless at Cranbourne last weekend uh, in this same class. The race won by Fuhita San, but, geez, he was bolting all over heels for the majority of the straight, and then he only really angled off heels at the – at the 150, I thought he got to the line really nicely. The last time he won was over this distance. He's had two goes at the distance for one win and a second placing. And Mick D hops back on. He's had six sits on this fella for two wins and yet to miss the placings either. So on the quick backup, I think he's ready to to peak um, this preparation. And uh, if he does so, he can win the race. It's an even enough race. I thought Grand Piero was good last start. He's up in the weights now, but... Mm. He's flying Pesto if he comes here, um, ruling a horse that's got some good upside, some good European form. Cadmus, the one that's under the odds, and that's what's given us the price about Fireglow 2 to have a nibble. Yep, Fireglow 2, $5.50 on top sport in race number three. Uh, we'll head to race four now, mate. It's the listed Twilight Glow Stakes. This is for the three-year-old fillies over 1,400 metres. Vienna Princess won the race last year. Craig Williams, Chris Waller combined, and... You and I are siding with the well-supported favourite here. Yeah, Miraval Rose. I'm going to back her late, just hope to get a better price. I think if I take the risk to, to try and get 2.20, 2.30, the worst I'll get hit with might be $1.90. Um, I can't take it much shorter than that. So $2 is the current quote. But she had the patent favours last start that Quinella did. The winner, Brazen Style, was um, at, at a massive price and, and was right up on the fence. But they cleared out from third. And off a slowish tempo, her her real best work was only the last 100 metres and she dived through the line and then ran right through the line. So I think third up 1,400 metres is no issue. And 
Last start as well, she sort of crabbed around the bend a little bit, whereas mm. the winner was able to rail up. I think she's definitely got the speed to cross and lead these. So having the fence to guide her, Geordie Childs retaining the ride from last start, I think having that fence to guide her will be a big positive. And there doesn't look a great deal of speed on paper to take her on. She'll go forward. Electrona might kick up to make her work to cross, but I still think that she'll be able to cross Electrona and then... Lady of Savoy rolls across from the outside, but there's not a great deal of pressure on paper, and that'll help her run out the 1,400. Yeah, I, I agree with you. She certainly, she sort of threw the race away, didn't she, on the bend last start because mm. Stoll railed like a blade, the one dog, didn't he? And then yeah. that was that was the difference in the end, and she was hot through the line. Uh, I'm going to have the same bet, Miraval Rose. I'm just gonna, also going to have something small on right to party who's going good with no luck. So cardiac arrhythmia in the Atlantic Jewel, then given a seven-week let-up before having the pattern against in the Crockett. Last start, she came through that red-hot desirable stakes where she was held up from the 500 to the 250. And once out, she, she was finished super. I thought the margin was unfair. The blinkers go on first time here. Um, drawn out. So if she does step a shade slow, which she has done in the past, and with the shades going on, that that might also be the case. I think um, that's she's going to be... In, it's a good enough draw for her to be able to take a medicine. And if there's any anyone running on that's going to win the race, I, I want to be with her as well. So I'll have one from both ends of the field there, Salts, Miraval Rose, and, and right to party around the eight bucks in the fourth. Uh, race number six, the group three, Kevin Heffernan stakes. It's wait for age 1,400 metres. Uh, I sort of toyed around with this bet a little bit, Salts, because hmm. I'm going to side with King Magnus here, who's not in... It's not in well at weight for age, given um, Valana's the favourite here. Two dollars ten was beaten by Valana um, last start, and for Valana it was two back. One and a half kilos worse off now after they met in that race. That was in the Damien Oliver at Flemington. Valana went to the Rupert Clark, who I was with in the Rupert Clark, and and wasn't bad considering. Probably a little bit inconclusive given how the shape of the race unfolded. I just like King Magnus's setup here today from a second up. Record perspective has been kept fresh with a tick over jump out in between runs. Just always goes up a big price, King Magnus. And I reckon he's a super honest horse and he maps really well here on Saturday. Um, and oh, I just love how well Tom Stockdale's riding at the moment too. Last 50 rides, he's won 11, um, 15 minor placings. He's just performing well above market expectations. So I think given $2.10 to 7 bucks, I'm going to make King Magnus a small bet in the Kevin Heffernan stakes. Yeah, that little freshen up wasn't by design because he had that foot issue. He missed the Cranbourne Cup, but then he only needed one more day and they were taking him to Kilmore and they thought Kilmore was a nice race for him. He would have run a lovely second at Key 2 as one of the biggest morals of all time before it got abandoned. Um, but uh, a, a little bit of extra time off should actually help him, shouldn't it? Because uh, he had that foot issue. So, yeah, and he'd be wanting the the upper end of that four mils. I, I thought, you I know, Valana was well-placed at, at weight for age, gets good weight swings off horses, but I don't want to take the price about him. I shouldered arms to that one. Mm. Let's look at race eight now, mate, which is the group two zipping classic, the feature on the card, weight for age, 2,400 metres. Um, just looking through the past winners of this race, so it's history suggests you can string a few of these together. So obviously Zipping won four on the trot from 2007 to 2010. 
The Taj Mahal went back to back in 17 and 18. Sound went back to back in 20 and 21. And you've got Val and Declare lobbing here as a $6 shot um, who won the race last year. So there's a little bit of history at play here, Salts. Uh, I'm going to have something small on Val and Declare. Not as my main bet, but I will have something small on Val and Declare. My main bet, though, is number 10, Muramasa, 440. He's a proper racehorse now. Uh, wind operation, gelding up, back with three wins on the trot. Hmm. Obviously has to do it here at Wait for Age, goes up four kilos off that nice win at Flemington in the Group 3 Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Peak fitness, I think speed's going to be on when you've got the likes of Deny Knowledge, she's engaged, Serpentine engaged, she's coming through a Melbourne Cup. Slight uh, drop back in trips, no issue for Muramasa given that setup. Daniel Moore's given him three absolute peaches this prep as well. I, I clearly has a great relationship with the horse. I want to be backing Muramasa. And then just something small, as I said, I'm found to Claire. Um, if we sort of forget that he went around in a Melbourne Cup, I mean, you can't because this is what form is. But that Mooney Valley Gold Cup run was outstanding. We spoke about it on this show. It was run of the race, um, huge performance. I think you can go back to back too. So Muramasa, best result, found to Claire, small result. Yeah, and you don't even need to forget he went around the Melbourne Cup because I thought he actually did okay because it was a race really set up for the run-ons and he was right up there on speed. So, yeah, I, I got him. I got those two on top, just found to Claire on top for Muramasa. I'm, I'm going to watch the race, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're aligned there, brother. That's good. It's a strange, it's strange, isn't it, when you see these runners come out of the Melbourne Cup? You don't know how to – I didn't know really how to assess them and it looks like the market even is sort of – Mm. Not poo-pooed the Melbourne Cup form, but like you've got genuine Melbourne Cup runners here, military missions the same. They're all just yeah. at a bit of a price. Anyway, hopefully a, a result there for the listeners. Uh, let's head to Rose Hill, mate, uh, to continue on with the spec segment here today. What's the weather doing at uh, at the gardens, my friend? Yeah, there's been a bit of rain around. So they're currently on a heavy track. Uh, the forecast at the moment is not much rain tomorrow, but Showers developing on race day, naught to eight mils. So how much of that hits will, will have an impact as well. And, you know, even if they get a couple of little showers tomorrow just to keep it topped up, I've set up for it to be a, a soft track, a track that um, is rain affected. And uh, with the rail true as well, wouldn't be surprised if they, it plays fair enough, but they might just get off the fence as the uh, meet goes on. Yeah, well, let's um, start in race three, mate, which I want to chime in here in race number three. It's a benchmark 78 over 1,800 metres. Yeah, I, I I see you like Tavi time here. I did see on Twitter that um, he's going to go to Mudgy, um, the Mudgy Cup on Friday tomorrow, where he's currently $1.90 as well. So um, I feel like that's the stable's lead. Well, um, I reckon he'll go the one day back up, mate, Mudgy into a benchmark <laughs> 78 at Rose Hill. Well, that's frustrating because he was my only play at Rose Hill for the day. So might have to follow him in at Mudgy now. Well, he looks he looks pretty good at Mudgy. I'll give you that much. Yeah, I'm just looking yeah, at looks real good. Now. Yeah. I don't know. Sea of Sea of Flames at forty six to one looks pretty pretty well placed, mate. I'm telling you. What's that win now? Yeah, I know. I'm gonna have ten. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to race five. Well, I won't even talk about Tavi time. So cut, cut me off there. It probably <laughs> saved me time, to be fair. Yeah. Um 
Phillies and Mares benchmark 78 is in race number five, mate. Uh, you got a little bit of a value play for us. Yeah, I do. There's a man by the name of Chase My Crown who had also accepted in the festival stakes but scratched from that to come to this weaker affair of Phillies and Mares 78. And that's the type of race that she tackled last start at Newcastle. And I thought her run was full of merit. So from that, she meets um, Lekvart couple kilos better off at the weights and and that runner had the run and and got clear air whereas chase my crown was held up back on the fence she really only got out at the at the 200 once she got out she ran the fastest last 200 meters of the race um she's a mare that's won on wet tracks before and, and handled all conditions so i've got no concern over whatever the track condition is on the weekend she perhaps could be a little bit closer on the weekend she was slightly slow away at at her last up, but she has shown an ability to take up full positions in the past. And look, she's very consistent. She'd need a, a couple of horses to rate down on previous performances. I speak of Afterlight, who was dominant from the front at Warwick Farm last up, but that was also 1,200 metres and, and a good track as well. Shadows of Love backs up from Kembla last week, 1,200 metres, where she was strong to the line. But as a result of that, she goes up in the weight. So down on the minimum, chase my crown. I feel like she's going better than than the market says, and her best could go close. And I've had a nibble on her. Yeah, Dylan Gibbons rides. She opened up fourteen bucks already into eleven dollars on Top Sport. So a little bit of supporting there. What price would you go down to to take their salts on something like her? Um, I've got that in front of me somewhere here. Give me a second. Um, uh, seven bucks. Yeah, so, nice. Yeah, rated her half of of what they put up. Yep. Good value play there for Saltsy in race number five. Let's go to race six, mate. It's a country classic over 2,000 metres. Uh, Maddie Dunn, Nashra Willa combine here for number four, Eaglemont, who you're pretty keen on. Yeah, I am. Now, this race is usually a bit of a dog's breakfast of a race because there's horses coming from left, right, and centre. But you look at this fella, and, and he's through the best leading race. So he comes through the little dance over 1,600 metres. He was held up badly in the little dance. And once he got clear, there was only one horse who ran a faster last 200 meter split of the little dance. That's Lions Raw. He's a group one winner. Now he's not the same horse he once was, but it's still a good reference. And really Eaglemont only got out off heels at the 200 while Lions Raw had already built up the revs. So I thought his run was full of merit and, and he arguably goes close to winning there if he gets out at the top of the straight. So a wet track's no issue for him. He looks like he's looking for 2000 meters. And he also gets Nash on board as well and you know we're, we're moving towards the middle part of the program here too so hoping that sort of inside sections chopping up and the, the wide draw is no issue for him yeah so he's four bucks at the moment he opened 330 and he sort of they said that's the wrong price and he's drifted a little bit out the four bucks already so yeah looking at that at the moment for eaglemont in race number six We'll get to the back end of the program now, mate. Race number nine. It's the listed Christmas Cup. It's run over 2,400 metres. Uh, Alan Kehoe brings one here. Dylan Gibbons combines Dark Dream. Now, is this horse formerly with Lindsay Park? He was. Um, I believe he spent some time in Hong Kong. Uh, I think he might have won a Queensland derby. Yeah. Is this is this the fella? Yeah, yeah he was with Lindsay Park. He was, he was running well on – Yeah, he was running well on – Wet grounds, yeah. He, he um spent some time in Hong Kong and he did win the Queensland Derby on a heavy eight track. So, look, if he can wind the clock back to that, look out. But I tell you what, Alan Keogh has got him absolutely flying 
this preparation. He's win a couple back at Doombin, was good in a week of racing this. And off the figure that he ran at Doombin, I, I entertained backing him with a lightweight at Newcastle in the Beaumont last start. But I just looked at his run a, a couple back or three back and I thought, yeah, look, he's run the figure, but I'm I'm not sure I can trust him. I'm not sure of the actual form around him and the, and the horses. But, geez, he was good last start in that um, Beaufort, sorry. I thought he was probably running the race. Now, he meets it, those horses through that race, like Skylab, Parry Sound, um, Torrens, worse off at the weights because um, Dylan Gibbons couldn't claim in this anyway. Not that he does anyway, but it's a, a non-claiming race. But he, he got the claim right down to a lightweight last start. But he faced the breeze on a very fast tempo. He faced the breeze. And um, there was a notable northerly at Newcastle last start. And... Down the back, he faced that breeze um, on that fast tempo and, and was the best of the on-paces. Excuse me, it's just a crime being committed in the background here. But I put my yeah. mic on mute because I thought it was a crime near yeah, my house. Nah, there's, there's a crime going on. There's, there's, <laughs> I went mute and I was like, oh, no, there's, there's someone's yeah. been stabbed in Flemington. Yeah. Oh, they've just been turned off. Someone's yeah, sweeping up. <laughs> They're just sweeping up the body off the sidewalk now. Should be sweet. But anyway, I thought he was good. He'll be up on speed, less pressure on paper. I've actually backed him a rare each-way bet. It is a rare each way bet, the Dark Dream, but he does bring that Hong Kong Aubrey Cup, um, Kilmore Cup, Titan <laughs> Cup, Hobart Cup form. So, uh, Queensland uh, Derby. Queensland yeah. Derby. Talk about a well-travelled operator. <laughs> yes, a well-travelled operator. <laughs> That's it. Um, he would. It's actually a well-named, it's well-named being the Christmas Cup because you'd think it's fucking Christmas being back in town, <laughs> this kid. <laughs> um, mate, that rounds out the specs at Rose Hill. Uh, for now. Geez, I came in chest puffed up for the specs going, you know what? I've got one in Sydney this week, listeners. <laughs> I've just been absolutely mudgied off the top. Yeah, you've been mudgied. Yeah, I have. Um, and, uh, mate, there's obviously an Ascot uh, Group 1 going on over there. It's the winter bottom. And I haven't had time to dig my teeth into it yet. I'm on Perth time at the moment. So so I'll um, I'll find a play in that race because I'm, I'm chasing in the pissing contest. And we'll get something up on our uh, Instagram Instagrams if we're going to have a play in that race, which I will, and I no doubt Beery will. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that, listeners. I definitely won't. <laughs> I'll just sit on my leg. Yeah, you that's it. And you're just watching these guys sink Unit. It's time for Unit of the Week, and Top Sport provide us with $200 in bonus bets. We chuck the bets on. Half go to listener, half go to racing hearts, and we're building a very nice kitty for the season. We've got a couple of shows left, and we're well up over two grand now, Salts. Golden Paddy had it last week, and he had a scratching. Yeah, so that meant that it defaulted back to you, and we went for footies multi, and I thought, well... It's going to be 200 bucks down the toilet, this one. And Rick McIntosh texted me and he said, geez, what are you doing for Racing Hearts, putting it on Footy's Multi? Rick's all over you. And we'll stick that up here, Rick, if you're listening, because Footy's back in town and we we put it all on the on the schnozzer there for the Multi and, and it's got up and that's added a, a, a juicy amount to the kitty for Racing Hearts. So well done to you, mate. Thanks, mate. I'll tell you what's funny as well is your, your uh, great mate from the analyzer, Ben Ascari, was absolutely riding at home with me. I was at a Bucks day on Saturday and I just kept getting Twitter DMs when my runners were finishing fourth. 
<laughs> just, and it was, just he, from, was he yeah, on it? The Persian, the Persian prince was oh, just going <laughs> bang. It's <laughs> never he's again. banging a four. Yeah, he's banging <laughs> four dollars sixty four legger. Um, it was it was just savaged by deductions. It went up it went up ten bucks, but they had a lot. Come of on, Tristan. So should have just given you the ten. Should have just honoured it. But uh, <laughs> hey, anyway, Golden Paddy is the carryover champ after backing a scratching last week, and this is what he likes. Units. Uh, it's a pleasure being back on. If only it was for uh, actually finding a winner last week and not being the carryover champ for a scratching. Anyway, I'm going to head to uh, Perth again this week for the Group 1 feature in the Wittenbottom Stakes. Now, I think overpass is one of the easier bets you can have, um, and I'm going to outline a few reasons why. So in the last 12 months, he's had four starts. Um, in that time, he's won the Quokka track and trip. Um, he's been beaten half a length by Giga Kick in a Group 1. He's also been beaten point two of a length uh, to Private Eye uh, in the shorts. And then the only run where you could say he's probably run below par was uh, this campaign in the Everest. Um, looking at that run in isolation and the figure it produced, um, there's only three horses in the Winterbottom Stakes this year that have even run a figure to that level where it was classified as him as failing um, in their entire careers. So it's easy to say that the field's come up pretty weak this year. If he can um, get his rating back to the consistent level he's set over the last 12 months, I think he should win this race and pretty comfortably. And I think uh, $3 is a gift. So I'd like to put the $200 on that. Um, and hopefully I'm back for a third time, this time for winning. Cheers, lads. Go well. Love your work, Golden. You certainly... We'll be back. I, I don't mind that. I only just cast him over the field for the first time, but he's he he makes a pretty good case, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, I like that, and I like um, that now I've got a reason to watch it um, and and have some sort of investment because every unless the unit of the week's backing against me, I love watching and, and trying to get one up. So I'll be all over it. It's a good. Uh, the best watch was that Cairns mail that still could live. It was extraordinary. Yeah. So, something ran off the track to get a hot dog and it veered up and what. <laughs> he called it a moral and there was a dollar ten thing in it and it just absolutely <laughs> gave it windburn. It was one of the greatest bets I've actually oh, ever well, seen in my whole life. Yeah. Uh, two units time, mate. Best bets from around Australia. I'm going back to to what I know best. It's like when when your back's against the wall. This is in any sport, and they say. Go back to basics. You know, you got to go back to your fundamentals. Well, my best bet is at Morfittville Parks this yep. weekend. He's the mayor. This is where I'm going. Race six, benchmark 66, 1,400 metres, fancify. Two bucks. There's nothing more fundamental than this bet. Lightly race mayor, six career starts, two wins, three runner-ups. Last start, she sat up on speed at Flemington. That was on Oaks Day over 1,700 metres in a uh, Phillies and Mares benchmark 70. That inside rider, uh, runner of Simon Wilde's uh, Precious Charm was its name, kicked back to win. Simon Wilde training a tough mare. That's unlike him. She drops <laughs> back to 1,400 metres here, Fancify, draws the inside. Um, get this for a gear change. James McDonald off, Ben Price on. Gets the one and a half kilo. Take my money. <laughs> Seriously, this is this is fundamentals. <laughs> this is a week 66. Uh, I think it might be leaderish over there on the parks track on the weekend. Handles giving the ground. It is a point and shoot job. So it's, this is what I'm banking on here. So it's going to go in the top sport multi as a win this week, not even Ooh. two. That's how I am with Fancify this week, mate. Oh, I like it. A yeah. bit of confidence yeah. from the, 
of the former mayor of Morphville, or we, you, you, well, is that still your moniker? I think when you, I think even when you step down from office, you're still often referred to as like the mayor. I'm thinking, yeah, is it that's like true. is it like a presidential sort of? You, you're still yeah. you're still known as a president. You're probably getting a I pension. Think. So I might run yeah. again in 2024. We'll see. All right. Well, I like it. Hey, I'm going, I'm going back to Caulfield for my best. Um, race five. It's a group three eclipse stakes over 1,800 metres. And I mentioned before that I thought Keats was a moral in the Kilmore Cup. It was a six-horse field, 200 grand. They'd be absolutely spewing that they got caught off because it was going to be LKW, lead kick win. But he can give out a bit of LKW again on the weekend. There's a bit more pressure than that Kilmore Cup. Um, but And this is 18 as opposed to 16, and, and it's a harder race. But it just means we're getting a better price. So we're getting five bucks fifty. I can get him right down to three bucks seventy. So he missed that Kilmore Cup run, of course. He's been back to the jump out since they jumped him out Monday, following missing that run. He didn't wear his race day blinkers and he jumped out really nicely. But you're looking at a horse that with fifty seven and a half kilos, first up straight to the mile in the Sale Cup. Benny Mallum in the saddle. Um, sorry, Bo Mertens in the saddle went for home eight to six hundred meters. Um, really made it a test and was only caught late by MacTube, who was in on the minimum. An absolutely hard fit and in terrific form. So he can only be improved from that. He draws one on the weekend, he'll go forward again. And I mentioned the Sudleys, that they're not as strong as predicted, but they'll still be slightly at his back down the side of the course. And that's where the eight to six hundred meters is. And that's the best way to ride him. And and Bo even knew that last up when he was first up. So he'll go for home early with the wind at his back and in the minimum here on the weekend. Um I just think he's a good bet. Uh, I really think that he's up to this class before he's got past ratings that uh, that measure up here. And although Ain't No Deal done is off a little bit of a setback, apparently he hasn't missed any work with the foot issue that he had. And he's in terrific form. Just folk coming through a fast run, Cranbourne Cup, long time between wins for him. But um, he's also going all right. But yeah, I'm in the corner of Keats, mate. He's my best of the weekend at the price. Yeah, yeah. Good luck, mate. You've absolutely sold that to me, the uh, Keatsy. Mm. Uh, there, you're not wrong. I did see some of the connections. They were mighty flat on uh, on the Twitter sphere regarding the the Kilmore yeah. Cup, and you can understand why because you often get one shot at those things in terms of the setup, don't you? Yeah. Uh, so, good luck to them this weekend, and good luck to you, Salts. Uh, what's on for you over the weekend? You got little shifties anywhere, or what? You're on yeah, t- you're on my screen. Yeah, well, you and I will be at Mooney Valley tomorrow night. That should be very fun. Doing an event, yeah, that'll be fantastic. And I'm off to Warnable Sunday, something I'm actually really looking forward to. The Jericho Cup, um, a race that uh, is not steeped in history just yet, but it will be in some time. And and the story behind the race as well is is quite good. So here's this. So approaching the end of the First World War, um, they put a, a bit of a ruse, a fake horse race. So the Turks didn't think something was up when, when the horses came in and and the horse that won that fake horse race was Bill the Bastard, apparently Australia's greatest ever war horse, just saved lives left, right, and centre. So the race is running that in that honour. So um, anything associated to war in our past, you've got to respect. I'll get out there on course. And uh, apparently it's a big day as well. The community really get around it too. So they looking forward big, to it. They did the big charge up the straight too prior yeah. to race one, which would be cool. It's funny, talking, yep. to, talking to Maddie Stewart in it, RSN, and this is how high, much higher steam he holds this race in. He said if he could win any race in the world, 
think you'd want it to be a Jericho. I found that. That's an enormous call for someone that is just completely and utterly embedded in racing for his life. Yeah, well, it's completely outrageous. <laughs> I'd, oh. rather win, I'd rather win an Everest, but anyway. <laughs> Mate, um, I'll let you go, Salts, and we'll let our listeners go because uh, it's it's been it's been a long day, and uh, we'll be back in your ears. Yeah, perhaps next week we might have something special for our listeners next week in a different format of our show but keep an eye on this space and uh you'll see us before the year's out anyway have a great weekend